The podcast which you are about to hear is politically incorrect and offensive. The opinions expressed by the three assholes recording it are done so solely for comedy purposes. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Whiskey Reel. Four and three and two and one. No reason, no conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of good or evil. If what you say is true, the Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous. Your mother sucks big fucking elephant dicks. Got that? Come on now, dog. You know I give you the mad, fat, superfly, stupid, dope, dumbass, retarded, bomb shit props. Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! Trying to digest all of our content. Good luck, dude. Yeah. You need some Metamucil. I get with the content. Yeah, you don't want to get clogged up. Pass it through. You don't want to get backed up. Luckily, though. It's like eating a block of government cheese. Oof. Dude, that makes Velveeta triple cream brie. Government cheese is rough, dude. I grew up with Velveeta. I know. That's a regional thing. I didn't. But my mom loved it. I hated it as a kid. I'd go it's to fr- disgusting. Do you know why? Because the <laughs> same kids that moved to LA that had Velveeta also had Miracle Whip. <sighs> and those two Whip. things together. What is Miracle Whip? What's in it? It. Have you read the jar? No. It says salad dressing. Oh, that's its intended purpose. And then people started using it. As, as a replacement for mayo. Okay. So at the end of the day, you're at God, I like that we're starting with You're this. at God's gates. How do we do this? You're with Saint Peter. Yeah. He asks you to get into heaven, you have two choices. You either have best foods mayonnaise and craft American single slices. Okay. Or okay. bread notwithstanding. Or you have Miracle Whip and Velveeta. I'm taking the regular mayo. Right. So you're getting into heaven. Yeah. The rest of them are shunned to hell of for course. an eternity of fire. Yeah. Okay, you have yeah. been found wanting. You have been found wanting. Um, um, Miracle Whip is dog shit. I don't know what it is. It's disgusting. But there were people I knew that like did both and loved it. Yeah. I don't get it. I so, never have gotten it. I will tell you this. Mayonnaise for me is a struggle. Really? I, I like mayonnaise, Ooh. but I don't like the method in which people employ it. I think that In they, what regard? Um, mostly volume. Like when like, I go to, I don't know, a deli and it's just a guy with a squirt bottle going batshit okay. on my sandwich. And that's all I can... All you can taste. That's all I okay. get out of it. So for me, mayo is the best, fastest car to get the flavor to my mouth in the yeah. most efficient way. I I don't disagree. Love mayo. I don't disagree with it. It's a problem with me. It's egg yolks and oil. It's, it's fine. The two best things in the world. It's fine. Right. And if you want to make your own, it takes fucking four minutes. But whatever. By the way, it whatever. is so easy. If you have a food processor or yeah, a you have to have an immersion blender or a, that's the best way to do it. Um, immersion blender, dude. I've done it in a Nutribullet. Yeah, but if you get a, if you have a wand, 
Yeah. It's fucking dope. You add a little bit of this and that. Yeah. You're just emulsifying oil and egg That's yolks. all you're doing. And, and it's delicious. And if you add a little lemon juice and some but garlic. Also, settle the fuck down. If you add a little <laughs> lemon juice and garlic, yeah. guess what you got? Aioli, baby. You have an aioli. Aioli. Uh, aioli. <laughs> um, anyway, we're, we can go on and on about mayo. While you're waiting for your order of Miracle Whip and Velveeta oh. grilled cheese. <laughs> you might have to wait as long as Democrats will have to wait to vote in red states once we have a national divorce. Because wow. what our favorite thick-necked actress... Thank you. Please Look don't get that neck. Uh, our favorite thick-neck, right? Who we all know is Marjorie Titan Green. We all know who she is. She's wonderful. She's very reserved and demure. <laughs> and she's she's lovely. She's just, you know, pinkies up with the teacup. Uh, her she's idea, like a Jane Austen character. She really is. She's yeah. like Jane Eyre. She, <laughs> uh, without, she's, she's like a Bronte sister. She's a Bronte sister. Uh, <laughs> God, that's so bad. So imagine MTG and like Little Women. Wouldn't that be Joe. fun? She's just fucking. She's Joe and Little Women. She's just fucking farmer hanking in it to somebody yeah. else's face. But all she does is like threaten people with guns and <laughs> clog the toilet. <laughs> clog the toilet, <laughs> dude. She shits big. She shits big. I I have that on good yeah. authority. Marjorie Taylor Green shits, shits bigger big. than you. I have a shirt that says so. Yeah. So her idea, if you guys didn't hear, which has been the funny, this is almost like funny news outside of Ohio not being able to drink their water. But luckily, Trump showed up with a pallet of bottled water, which was really just super helpful uh, to the cause. Meanwhile, him and his uh, entourage did not even visit a crash site. That's fine. He probably didn't want to get sick like the residents of East Palestine or Palestine. Sorry, I get that fucked up. Palestine. Palestine. Uh, those poor people are going through Jesus. a lot. Um, unfortunately, Horrific people tragedy. are saying uh, that's what you get when you vote this way. That is not what people get when they vote this way. People vote to uh, protect themselves and have safety and uh, good public service. And that's not what's happening in the government. So this is not a right or left thing by any stretch. Because the Dems are just as responsible for this shit. Yep. That being said, let's go back to MTG's amazing idea of a national divorce. So this is more nuanced than I thought it was. Not her. Her no, shit ain't no, nuanced. Her shit's not. She didn't new, think no. a second about what she was saying, <laughs> and I will explain why. Go on. Number one. You're a congressperson in a blue state. So are you going to move? Um, that's just one. Yeah. Have you been to Atlanta? Sorry. Uh, that's one. You're in a blue state. So you're saying you want to be caught behind enemy lines? I, I'm not sure. Let's just assume we all the states were, uh, let's say the left side was blue and the right side was red. It isn't because it's all disparate and discombobulated. Let's just say we can cut right down the middle, just in a perfect world. And this side is uh, the red side and this side's a blue side or this side's a Republican side, this side's a Democrat side, how they want to run their government. Her idea 
was to give every state the right to dictate themselves in totality. Yes. So they can decide what Complete they t- federalism, essentially, is what yeah. you're about. Yeah. There's a little weird side note to that. That being said, her idea was that we can teach what we want, do what we want, hire what we want, allow who we want into the state, right? Uh, but, you know, in a moment of clarity said, well, we'll just share the military. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is how this goes down. Number one, she wants Democrats that move to a red state, which is a grand total of no one. No left-leaning people move to a red state unless they're moving to a blue district. There's a lot of people from blue states that'll move to Atlanta because they know where they're going. There's a lot of blue, you know, blue state people that'll move to sections of red states, which are hyper blue. I get that. A perfect example of that. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. A perfect example of that concept is like Virginia as a state has become perfect example. A haven for um, tech industries and professionals that move into Virginia because of the tax areas because of the tax and because it's an up and coming economy in the country. Virginia's. Getting purple, very, yeah, very, very, purple. very quickly. So, and we, Obama, famously won, like crushed. So, she wants Dems that move into the in this Asimov world that she is concocting. <laughs> this fucking Ridley Scott esque strange planet that she's drawing up because she doesn't want to talk about policy or things that help people. This is just, we're going to talk about rainbows and fairies. And so she wants Democrats that move into red States to have a five year waiting list to vote. Yep. Which obviously is going to make Democrats move in droves. I mean, in droves. So I saw a breakdown today. I saw, I was looking at graphs and charts super exciting apparently the blue states and this is where we get into gdp this is where we get into who is important and why out of all the blue states versus red states uh 71 of the gdp in this country is generated out of blue states which means conversely 29 percent of the gdp in this country is made out of red states so what you're essentially doing is saying, we're going to keep your quote unquote elites on this side and all the broke people on this side, yep. which is fine. But you guys can't ask for help, right? So all your constituents that make $25,000 a year that are struggling, that are doing their best to help their families, they're fucked because they live on your side of the fence. Yeah. This is the most culture war, naive, juvenile, stupid thing that I've ever heard out of a politician's mouth. This is bad, dude. It's a bad premise. I know it's just for clicks. I know it's just for fucking optics. That's all it is. But the fact that you're you're saying the quiet part out loud, it's just a testament to how bad... Dude, these people are going to be erased in four years. This... Whole MAGA yeah, is this gone. Tea Party thing They're has got to got to end. They're gone. There, there's no way they can hold yeah. up the farce. And this is going to sound like I'm coming from a very elitist, blue thinking kind of guy. Um, but 
if you look at statistical outcomes in red states and with red state populations, I mean, horrible outcomes when it comes to uh, <laughs> healthcare outcomes, education, child mortality. Education, education, gun violence, Avenue. per capita. Yeah, if you go and, per and, capita, annual annual fucking money gross per person. There, um, everybody has still for some reason has this Ronald Reagan idea about welfare queens being some big black lady that has nine kids. No, no. welfare recipients are from red states. Absolutely, and those are both. Uh, absolutely, and, and race crosses, aside, and that crosses race. race aside. That crosses race. So, out of the bottom ten, um, out of the uh, the last eight states that are the lowest in education, healthcare uh, assistance, is all red states. Like they're the poorest states of the union, and the fact that they want to coagulate it and galvanize together into this giant nation of bad money earners and that's not their fault when i'm not talking about anything like that i'm thinking as a premise so you want to divide the military equally you want it it's it's so silly there's so much silliness that it's it's hard to triangulate it no but it plays on the things that we've talked about for the last three years here since 16 actually all of we've us been talking blue about state this. sinners that actively kill babies live in states that have higher child mortality rates than red states. Sure. And we are just murdering babies. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, we are just... Hey, go to... Let me see Ohio in 10 years. Yeah. But somehow red states have a higher rate of child mortality. Yeah, it's interesting. Than fucking... Where we just... I mean, willy-nilly. Again. I will kill a baby... (laughs) Skin it. <laughs> oh, did you see? Did you see? Turn for- it into a stem cell shake in a second. In a second, um, baby. <laughs> I've got a stem cell press in my basement where I feed it into a hopper and I just pull a handle. Um, there was a uh, representative, Republican, I know. I, I, I hate to hammer on them, but they're easy. Uh, the Dems, don't get me wrong, are money-grubbing corporate whores. I don't like them either, per se. I'm just choosing worst or worser. Uh, there is a representative, I forget the state, but it's getting a lot of traction right now, where he basically said it helps when uh, there are at-risk children that die. This is a fucking elected official. I'm not even kidding. He said it's better when at-risk children die because then we're not going to have to spend the money that we would have. So from a financial standpoint, it's better for us when at-risk children die. This motherfucker That's all said it. Are we done? Out loud. Are we done at that point? He said it out loud. Are we done? Jesus. I mean, shit, man. At least Reagan had some nuance. (laughs) You know what I mean? And even Reagan right now, Reagan would be considered a fucking rhino. Um, Reagan would be derided and yeah. run out of this. He'd be movement. center left. 100 fucking percent. 100 percent. Because Reagan, for all of his apparent flaws. He had a lot of flaws. He had a lot of flaws. <laughs> Let's just be but honest. He would be a moderate Democrat in today's conservative world. I will give you one better, sir. I mean, he did t- 
talk to black people. He will have an I next to his name. Oh, yeah. He wouldn't even be a Democrat. Yeah. He would be an independent. Probably. Yeah. He would be with Kristen Cinema running on a ticket. Yeah. Good and, for that. And, you know, Ronald Reagan started his life politically as a Democrat. Very famously. Yes. But... And then we became the gov- what Republican governor of California. The Republican yeah. governor of California. And then let yeah. all, and then did no mental health um, funding. Dude. And famously let every person that had mental health issues out on the street. So you want to talk about the beginning of homelessness? Yes. Let me tell you, I lived in fucking California. I will tell you right now, there's Camarillo Mental Institution, which was a huge institution in Southern California. There was a point where that literally, there was no more funding for long-term mental health care, and all those people hit the street. This isn't bullshit. Go look it up. But you want to talk about the beginning of People being en masse on the street used to be that every town had a hobo. I mean, you know, hobo Jim, he drinks too much and he falls asleep on the corner. Now we have tent cities. I'm not saying that he's responsible for all of it. I'm saying that because they pulled funding away from mental health, this is what you get. I mean, we could... Go I mean, on, he, that was the very, that is the fucking spark that lit the fuse, that lit the fire, that lit the bomb. Yeah. I'm not putting it all on that, but that was the beginning. That was a big one. Um, obviously, his response, which has not gotten any better. To um, AIDS? Um, to AIDS was yeah. the most embarrassing Classic. thing that a, an American politician yeah. has probably done since like the Jim Crow era. Oh, easily. Um, he... Uh, back then, it was called GRID. Yeah, GRID. Remember gay, GRID? Gay-related immune deficiency. <laughs> and he, How are viruses so smart that they can tell when you're gay? I don't think he ever said the word AIDS until, like, I think they said, like, 1987. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he was well into his oh, second term. It reminds me of um, COVID. Yeah. A little bit. Less fatal. To yeah. a degree, yeah, but also way more um, catchable. Oh my God, we need to laugh about something. God damn it! <laughs> Sorry, guys. Who are we? We have so what much we to doing? talk about too. What is happening? We just completely we blew our load on like twenty minutes of that, <sighs> but it's fine because it was can't fun. Get started on Reagan. No, this is fun. Everybody fun. wants Reagan on money, and I want him not on money. I think he's the worst president of my lifetime. Yes, mommy. <laughs> uh, Richard Belzer, which famously oh, one of the best Bells. Reagan impressionists, passed away um, like a week ago. He was also Two on La- Law and Order. Two or three days. He right? taught Ice T how to act. Yeah. Um, Richard Belzer, great comedian. Rest in peace. Um, he was. Honestly, like, there's a lot of people very sad about that. Yeah, a, a bunch of older not, comedians. He's not like a high profile enough celebrity, I guess, to move to, the needle necessarily. Nah, there's a lot of that. But there's a lot of that. Dude, losing bells is kind of a big deal. Yeah, it's, it sucks. It sucks when good people uh, pass. I don't know if he was good, by the way. I just knew he was a good comedian and he was very prolific. I don't in know the if late you guys 80s. remember. Um, Another prolific comedian in the 80s called uh, named Dennis Miller. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Just an arch conservative man. Ugh, he's such a douchebag. And, um, and he was, looks like a douchebag now. And that was the big uh, punchline 
no pun intended about Dennis Miller back for all those guys like Kennison and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, all those the, guys. that last generation. They're like, wow, man, Dennis Miller's blowing up. And they're like, he's just doing fucking Belzer. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's all he's doing. He's, he's doing, doing Belzer. Belzer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. So he stole his whole act. Famously political and a good guy uh, from all in, for all intent and purpose. Yep. That being said, sorry. We we do tend to wander. We go on. We got our wandering shoes. We have wanderlust. That being said, we are back in Cloud City. You are back with the whiskiest of reels and the riskiest of wheels. Despite what Bobby said last week, we are the whiskey reel. We are just lounging in Cloud City. The sun broke on a very cold day and a very ridiculously heavy winter here in Durangi. It's been a biggie. In 10 years, easily the most shit I've seen in town, as we like to call it, for 10 years. It's been wild. And whatever. Anytime I mention it to people, I'm hoping to get a slap back of like, yeah, this sucks. The only thing that I get is, oh, we need it. Need the moisture. <sighs> We've had our teeth kicked in for Fucking two months. Can we agree that it sucks? I know it's necessary. I get it. It's weather. Uh, We can all control it. Only the Jews control weather. But it's still really, really hard to deal with. I hate it. It sucks. Anywho, we don't care about that because we're on top of the clouds that precipitate. We are on top of the clouds that snow. We are in Cloud City looking down on all of you. Especially if you are a rotund, uh, bad stand-up comedian. We are looking right in your eyes and telling you, you're not very good at what you do. (laughs) That being said, sitting across from me is a lovely man. I think he's a man that is now, um, would you say you are amidst a relationship? Yeah. In the general vicinity? Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Are you on the same block? Yeah. This is a relationship? I'm in a thing. All right. Good. I got a thing happening. Bobby's got a thing going. Uh, you know him. You love him. This is the Bobby Duke. This is Hiv Tyler, as I was remi- reminded of last week. <laughs> he's the heaviest of Tyler's, by I the way. I am the heaviest of Tyler's. There's a couple, and he's the heaviest. Uh, he's a wonderful man. He is not a schlub that thinks he knows how to fight. He's way better than that. This is one of my best friends, Bobbeth Van Noyes of the Tallahassee Van Noises. Hello. 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 Uh, sitting across from me. You guys know him. You probably hate him. I mean, I hate, I love him. About, Some do. About, not every, no, not I love him about 57% me. of the time. That's fair. I think that's solid. It's a solid Honestly. 57. I'll take a solid 57. He is the hammer of destruction. He rains down upon you. He will destroy your life. <laughs> it does not matter what gender uh, <laughs> you are. <laughs> I'm gender he, neutral. He will fuck your shit up. Fuck yeah. He is Tony Montanus. He is my good, good friend. He is my brother. My brethren. Bridget. He is, sir. Antonio Branderas of the Bagel Empire. Yeah, <laughs> dude. After dude, what? Dude's after, rocking bagels. Dude, after watching everything everywhere, I saw the everything bagel. Yeah, bro. And it dictated my life. We're gonna talk about that. Movie. Listen to your movies, people. Listen. 
And uh, we got some fun stuff to do. We're going to talk um, some booze first, real quick. More and importantly, I, we're going to talk wine. Yeah. Well, with, wine is booze. With my favorite sommelier. Hey. Ha, ha, ha. Um, of Explain course, to me what I'm drinking, sir, because, <laughs> by the way, it is... It's super yummy, right? Lovely. Super yummy. It is yummy yeah. as hell. So, I want a pork chop. Am I wrong for wanting a pork chop not to eat with this? No, no, no. I want a fucking pork chop. I'd take some bolognese with this, too. <sighs> Suck my dick. You know I nailed it. Bolognese. Okay, yeah. Ooh, a little bit of sweet, sweet tangy Go tangs. Go on. Anywho, uh, we went to our favorite uh, sponsor, one of our many sponsors, oh, the oh. Wagoniest of Wheels and the Wheeliest of Wagons, Wagon Wheel Liquor, located in the town center plaza, right across from uh, that one store that's like Walgreens or Rite Aid. It's right there. You know what I'm saying. It's where 12th Street dead ends into Camino, and nobody understands the principles of traffic. <laughs> okay. It's so, a zipper effect, people. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Can we teach a merging class in Just this merge. fucking it's town? It's a zipper effect. Do not stop in the middle of a fucking road that is merging 800 <laughs> feet up. I you know. fucking idiots. They can't, so, be helped. they can't be helped. Despite that, those fucking hurdles you need to leap. Wagon Wheel's got a bunch of fun stuff. We decided, you guys well know because you listen all the time, that we've done a lot of bourbons and whiskeys. We're actually waiting for them to fill their shelves with new skews. So Bobby does rums, does other stuff. I'll do wines. When things build back up again, we're going to get back on the whiskey game. But listen, dog we've been through it all and i am not getting screwball and i'm not getting cherry flavored whiskey despite all of those things we're gonna get we're we're gonna dig into other stuff that you guys should know about because you're professionals um as you may or may not know i am french (laughs) french fries french bread french dressing for all you Cusack fans out there. <laughs> I like to remind you. Uh, I was talking to Scotty, uh, who's works over there, and he deals with the wines over there. I worked with him briefly over at Seasons. Very knowledgeable. One of the sweetest men you'll sweet, ever meet. Sweet man. And he does know his stuff. So I was looking at big, beefy wines because it's winter. I like to drink to the weather. When it's hot, I drink this. When it's cold, I drink that. That's just how I roll. Um, you may think, I know a lot of you drink Coors Light when it's 20 degree below weather and you're special people and you don't listen to the podcast and that's fine. Uh, what he pointed out was uh, a producer I haven't had before. I was going to do a Zen or a, a 100% Zen or Syrah, something uh, fairly known th- so you guys could get it. But most of you are in Durango anyway, and you should be going to Wagon Wheel anyway. So I'm going to talk about something that you probably won't find many places. You might find it at Star, because fucking Stan and those boys just wreck their wine list, and I love it. They've got a fucking awesome wine list, and they got a warehouse to put it in. So there you go. This is French. This is uh, Cote Roussillon, which means it's southern France. There's a big area of France that is not like Bordeaux, Rhone, Loire Valley. It's not like considered super special. It's called Languedoc Roussillon. 
And it's this giant area that just makes kind of quote-unquote bulk wines. There's a lot of vineyards everywhere. And that those grapes get made into wine that usually ends up in local stores or on somebody's table. It's literally table wine for them. Yep. But what they've done and what Rhone, more importantly, has done, has shown us um, a blend of grapes that has now become kind of, I hate saying ubiquitous again, but it is. It's everywhere, and it's a thing that you've heard before, but you might not know what it means. And it's called GSM. Even local producers like Han make a GSM. They don't really tell you what it is. And it sounds very kind of scary for people who are like scared of wine. I've spent the last 20 years trying to demystify what wine is. I'm going to break this down for you very clearly, very easily. This producer is called Tessalay. T-E-S-S-E-L-L-A-E. Okay? Just remember Tessalay phonetically. That's all you need to do. This is a GSM, which means Grenache, Syrah, and Mouved. You don't need to even remember those things. Just remember GSM. It's what's known as a Rhone blend, and people try to copy it all over the world. There's a reason why people blend these grapes. Number one is because not everybody has an abundance of each of these grapes, right? Makes sense. Number two. All of these grapes play off each other in almost an orchestral balance. It's magic when you hit it right. Some of the most expensive wines in the world are GSMs. They're a blend, not a pure varietal. We all have had each of these wines, maybe not Mouvet, and I'll explain that in a second. Grenache, we've all had Grenache. In Spain, they call it Garnacha. Same grape, right? Little obviously different from Spain to France, but Grenache lends the fruit and the dankness to it, right? It's a very fruited wine. It has not a tremendous amount of ta- tannins or acid. It usually has a little bit of elevated alcohol, and it really gives you like those strawberries and blackberries, like the stuff that makes wine fun for people who don't know wine. It's familiar. Syrah does some of that, but adds more. And wait, there's more. There is leather. There is a almost blood, like a sanguine sort of taste to it. There's a roastiness, like a toastiness to it. That's like what a coat roti is. It's like the a roasted Syrah. Yeah. It's almost like the bodied part of it. It, it is to an extent. Right? So you've got the fluff of the Grenache, right? Yeah. If you want to consider it like that on levels. Grenache gives you the fluffy fruit. Syrah gives you the base, right? That's the subwoofer of it, right? The base. Yeah. And it gives you the heart and soul, usually, of the wine. This is 50% Grenache, 40% Syrah, 10% Mouvet, okay? It doesn't really matter those proportions because usually these producers know how to knock it out of the park. Syrah gives you the tertiary flavors, a lot of the like sage and things that you see wine guys say that are kind of a little bit out of bounds when you'd like, how does a fucking grape taste like sage? I don't know. This is Syrah. Syrah can do a lot of things. It's kind of the magician. And then you have Mouved and you never see Mouved more than like 10, 12% because it's all muscle. Yeah. It's all acid. It's all it's all tannin. 
It's typically not great as a single varietal, although I've had some that are good. This is used to give it all of its ass, gives it its spine. So when you mix those three together, they're harmonious. They make a lot of sense. And I will tell you right now, Tessalay, I bought for 20 bucks for a bottle. Ooh. It's a highly rated wine. You're not going to get it unless you go to Wagon Wheel Liquor and buy it right now because it usually doesn't get a lot at one time. It's a 2019. Doesn't even require a ton of age. But a four-year wine, we opened this, did not let it fucking breathe, poured it out, and now I'm going to let Bobby talk finally. I'm sorry. Do not apologize. You are the subject matter expert in this area. Um, this at $20 is phenomenal. Banger. Are you kidding me? This is actually one of the loveliest wines I've had in this town in a very long Hell time. Hell yeah, man. Um, I think the the, the balance and, and the nuance that comes from adding um, the, these three varietals together is fucking incredible, man. It's really nice, right? Yeah. I mean... There's a reason why this is sort of the the banner bearer yeah, right? yeah, yeah. of what a blend is. Like, is. Yeah. There's Bordeaux and there's Rhone. Yeah, and the they Rhone's. blend yeah. better than anybody else. Yeah. And I forgot to mention after taking another sip, Syrah adds something else that I totally forgot until I had another sip. That bitter chocolate espresso. Oh, yeah. That adds such a beautiful finish to the wine. So the big thing is, why do you dork out on wine? You do it because you eat with it. Yep. Eat with your wine. There's some wines that don't require food to an extent, nor would they hold up to food. Food's got a lot of fat, salt, acid unto itself, a lot of starch. It's hard for a wine to counterbalance heavy food. This wine is meant Maybe not for like a ribeye with fucking um, no. a, a sauce espagnole or something, but it's going to do really well with like lamb chops. It's going to do really well with any sort of grounded beef. It's going to do well. This is hamburger wine, I like to call it. Uh, if you put some cheese on a burger mid-rare, good luck finding a better wine. Um, this is going to be bolognese. This is going to be uh, a lot of those uh, tomato-based sauces with beef, with lamb. It's a killer, dude. I don't know why, and maybe I'm completely wrong. And you, not, no, you said, you said what, what was the entree? Maybe like said? some blackened pork with like saffron rice, something like that. Yeah. That I think you're you're dancing in a lot of directions, but the but, beautiful dude, part about a GSM is it its arms are wide. Yeah. It can accept a lot of different I food. Just, I think it would be... It can take a hamburger. It can take a filet. It can take um, stewed meats, like a lamb fucking, you know, braised lamb. It can take a lot of weight on its shoulders yeah. for being so delicate and so beautiful. It's still rich. It's still ripe. It's for 20 bucks, guys. Bring this home to your wife, your husband, your non-gendered specific person. Bring it home to anybody you wish, and I guarantee you that you get lucky. And last note, lucky juice goes without saying. It also goes well with a video game. Just open a bottle. Oh pour, God! Pour a glass, and, and you're fucking just good sit luck. And, just sit and play Last and, of Us, and, and we'll see you for six hours. Enjoy you your will, life. Literally, you'll sit down at 8 p.m. Yeah. You will stop at 4 a.m. Yeah. And you don't even know what happened. You're wrapped. You're wrapped. 
That's it. If anything, this yeah. is what that's good for. No, it's perfect. Tesla. bucks? Are you shitting me? Tesla GSM. Uh, just do yourself a favor. Absolutely. You can only get this at Wagon Wheel, as far as I know. So go there and get it. This is a wine that will live on forever. Obviously. Obviously. This style, I'll put it that way. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, some you know, Joe Tesla is going to die someday. <laughs> Frank. Frank Tessalay. Harold Tessalay is going to not be with us at some point. Um, <laughs> Frank, Bob Tessalay. Bob Tessalay. Yes. No, we we were having a conversation earlier today about film. And as you guys know, we love to talk film. I love to talk film. Uh, I consider myself a subject matter expert on film. Yeah, you are. Um, uh, we were discussing the kind of movies that we used to watch. What was yeah, the, man. What is the history of cinema, and how does it translate to today? Well, and what kind of movies can you actually fucking get away with? Yeah, and I don't know. Is it get away with or <sighs> what would be considered respectable and? okay to make now without sure. getting a shitstorm of negative press, negative comments, which is a lot of movies we grew up with. First thing I said. What'd you say? Is, don't, okay. Don't I want, talk about. I want to have this conversation, but I do not want to fucking talk about Blazing Saddles. Fair. That is actually the first thing that pops out of every asshole's mouth at a bar top. It's an asshole that says it, by the way. With a, Oh, always. You know exactly what Blazing Saddles was. And that's not true. Stop it. I get it. Blazing Saddles would be a very challenging film. There's so many more movies. There are so many more. And not only that, I think Blazing Saddles actually isn't that fucking... I don't think it's as bad as Not compared think. to the fucking movies we're about to talk about. 100%, but That was easy next to the movies we're talking about. We're going to blow that narrative up. Thank you. And we can make sure that nobody listening will ever mention Blazing Saddles in this weird discussion of... What is PC and not PC, and what is woke and not woke? And yeah. and by the way, I've never had a conversation like that. If somebody actually had that conversation with me, I'd just leave. I'm not trying to change anybody's life. I just don't have no. time for lowbrow people. I really don't. You're you're asking, you know, if you went in a time machine and you were who would you kill? Would it be Hitler? You're you're academically and intellectually soft. You're pliable. You were yeah. bubblegum as a fucking person. And I would go so far as to say that you're misreading uh, Blazing Saddles intellectually because it is actually a very, very smart intellectual... Um, about race. Satirical film about race. Yeah. And you just can't stand to hear... If you can't pull that movie yeah. off, it's because you don't know what the fuck you're talking about and you're not talented. Yeah. Because uh, honestly, 100%. it was controversial when it came out, but nobody gave a shit because it was that smart. It was good. It was good. And um, we talked about a film that is a modern day version of Blazing Saddles in some ways. Well, can I? Yes. Can I back up one Please. step? Please. Let's talk about. You have the floor. The reasons why you can't make a movie now. Oh, that's okay. Excellent. Excellent. There's a lot of clear reasons misogyny. Okay. Right. Um, racism, yes, to a degree, unless it's a period piece. Hundred percent, right? You can't uh, make an ableist film, Correct. right? Um, degrading or downplaying the effects of any sort of mental deficiency, sure, right? Can't do that. 
and I'm not saying this is good or bad. I'm naming these off. No, we're just these are the you things. You can't fat shame. Nope, no fat shame. And we we we're gonna get into that a little bit because uh, Bobby has some feelings about it. Appropriation, right? You can't appropriate unless it's for the purpose of the narrative of the film, sure. right? Sure, um, sure, sure. There was just that. New well, that's one. the caveat that will apply to. Yeah, I don't want to get into the quagmire, but what about this? Because yeah. they said that. Yeah, we're yeah. speaking in generalities. Otherwise, we'd have a fourteen-hour podcast, and nobody wants that. Nobody. So wants that. we uh, we talk those those. I would say. Oh, I mean, obviously, transphobia, trans rights, uh, gender assignment. That's a big one. Gender gender recognition. Um, those are all part of that. Um, deal okay so we're gonna start there those are the biggies that if you cross that line from a um societal standpoint and you're opening yourself up to get bombed on whether it's done well or not done well and bobby and i will talk about a little bit of what we think of what's done well and not done well in each of those categories okay so bobby mentioned Blazing Saddles. Yeah. Would you say <laughs> overt racism done well? And I don't, you, you guys can't give us fucking knocks. You know exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not saying it was uh, fucking obliged. I'm not saying that we instigated it or that we think it's fine. You got to recognize the art for the artist. Was Blazing Saddle, did they treat do you at any moment watching Blazing Saddles root and cheer for anyone other than the people of color that appear in that film? No. That movie is a satirical look at classic cinema. Right. Westerns. It's looking at old school westerns. Yeah. It's looking at old school tropes. Yep. They make fun of how, um, and I'm going to use a couple of words here just to preface it. They it it talks about how old school westerns would talk about Orientals. That was a fucking thing before they just became a rug, yeah, exactly. or an you know, object. Because you know apparently I mean? you can still say that for like if if it's a a, a vase or a rug or yeah yeah really weird yeah. But anyway, you can say words like Oriental, you know. But um, it it attacks uh, Mexican folks, right? No, it doesn't attack Mexican folks. It attacks the concept of how white um, people look at Mexican folks, exactly, right. and it's, how old school. More importantly, how old school cinema looked at these groups a, a, and how ask, they treated them. Ask Anthony Quinn, a hundred fucking percent. Dude, do you remember where John Wayne played Kublacon? Yes. He was, he was Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. Genghis I'm sorry. Khan. He was, he was one of the Khan brothers. John Wayne played, played Genghis, Genghis Khan, Khan in a film. And can, that may happened. I, may I quote? Yeah. John please. Wayne in Genghis Khan. Please. Because my dad told me this, and we used to laugh about it. Because <laughs> it was literally, I'm I'm ten years old, and my dad used to do this impersonation in front of me. And it's stuck with me my entire life because it's the most absurd thing coming out of John Wayne's mouth. <clears throat> you take the land and I'll take the tartar women. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. That was an actual line. No, I know. 
Genghis Khan. I've never understood that line. <laughs> I have no idea what that it, fucking. He was negotiating. But I don't know what a Tartar woman is. It was from the Tartar. Like okay, the the point is. Is that a regional? I, yes, he okay. said it in John Wayne voice. Yes, he did. Which makes it as on, Genghis Khan only better. Unbelievable. Okay, anywho, let's stick. Unbelievable. Stick. It, I just I had a flashback. Sorry. So, Blazing Saddles is off the table. I think not only is it just a boring subject to talk about, we don't care. That it's low-hanging fruit. It's low-hanging fruit. We get yeah. everyone. If you have this conversation with someone, they're going to be like, oh, Blazing Saddles. Okay. Well, that's a very unnuanced um, perspective. Let's talk about movies that literally Let's cannot be made today that are... Get into it. That are fan favorites. That are movies that nobody would think about not making today. Go forth. John Hughes. Well, shit. I mean... We, Which movie? Where do we start? Breakfast Club? With John Hughes. Breakfast Club is fine. Uh, um, uh, no, no. I'm not saying it's fine in respect to... It's modern... Uh, to modernity. Be, couldn't be made. Okay. 16 Candles. 16 Candles is a travesty. <laughs> it's a pro-rape... It is <laughs> it, literally. God damn! It is so pro rape. It is. It is one of the most. We're not kidding. Racially insensitive films that has ever been made, and not made for satirical purposes. It's right. made for laughs. Yeah, we you are make making fun of, fun of the Asian, the Asian guy. guy. We're being we're being bad natured. We're being mean natured right. towards the Asian character who appears to be dumb as shit. Because he's Asian. He's Asian. Which is... Anyway. Which... Yeah. Right, hey. Let me, can I piggyback something we never talked about? Revenge of the Nerds. Another classic example of um, rape culture. And? Being normalized. And... Do you, do you remember? Yoshi Right back to the exact same thing, dude. Oh, my God. The fucking... Um, what do they call it? was like their little spring Olympics. Their Olympic, their their little fraternity Olympics, whatever. Yeah. And he was riding around. And Yoshi's riding the tricycle. Yeah, drunk. Drunk. Right. With the goddamn. It's fine. Yeah. It's supposed to be um, like a, Daisy, Daisy. Yeah, but it wasn't. Ba, 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 it was in ba, ba, Japanese. And no. it was really weird. And it's really fucking what weird. What about. But I would uh, say. Here's a weird thing. Lamar. Is actually such a fucking amazing gay character in that movie. A rap by little old me, Lamar. Lamar is actually an amazing gay character for yeah, that but time they and place. St- but that still won't play. They play it for laughs, but yeah. he's a sweetheart. He's a positive character. He's not played for... There's no animosity towards Lamar at all. He's That's not, really weird. He's, they he's were not okay. Dem- other than like throwing the javelin, he's not diminished in any way in that film. Dude, the javelin. Okay. The javelin is. It's kind of funny. A lot. It's a lot. <laughs> but it's kind of no, funny. Nobody outwardly said the F word or like slurred no, him. No, no. Which is really weird because no, they slurred never everybody else. And they, and they have classic characters in that movie that are a part of that fraternity like Booger that are. The white trash. Ostensibly the white trash. Yeah. But they love Lamar. They treat Lamar with respect. I mean, they treat Yoshi with respect. They treat the women with respect. Well, what they were... When they're not raping them. Hold on. They were... (laughs) Sigma Moo? Okay. They love the moves. So... They love the moves. We're going to move on. (laughs) 
to uh, some stuff that's a little interesting that we brought up. Okay. Okay. Um, there was a little movie that will never get remade. All these 80s movies are getting remade because you guys have no originality. Except a few of you. We're, We're going to talk about guys. good movies. Just one of the guys. Oof. Um, that's a hard one. It's weird, right? Yeah. Because this was a big thing back in the 80s. It was. There was, oh, the guy doesn't do this. So, um, And I'll roll this right into Tootsie. These are people pretending yeah. to be other genders that aren't to gain an advantage. Sure. And it was looked at as a laugh. Right? Dustin Hoffman played a woman to get ahead in his career. Well, what is it about? It's about the reveal. It's always about the reveal. The cum shot of these movies is the reveal. But the entire time this whole thing is happening, the quote-unquote funny part of it is when that person is put into a position with somebody of the opposite sex where they don't feel comfortable with and now they have to pretend that they have a headache or I gotta go shopping and it becomes a quote-unquote funny moment right of the film right when Tootsie was getting hit on by her co-worker it became was that Charles Durning? Durning Charles Durning yeah yeah it's coming from inside the house. Um, I'm sorry. That's Charles starting to me. Uh, but, but you have these movies that I understand what the premise is. But n- now that we know what we know, this is the beautiful thing about evolution and academia and intellectualism is that we can figure stuff out as time goes on. People that venture to say, oh, man, it was so much easier 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago. Okay, it was easier for you, but we know a lot more now. So why disregard the knowledge that we've gained in all these years? So a a movie like Tootsie will never be made again, even though that gave Dustin Hoffman. Do you think that could be made correctly? I I think it would be a trash fire. So here's the thing. You can make that movie depending upon who is making the fucking movie. Um, what perspective are we coming from? So, so you can make Tootsie, but it's got to come from. Way? But it can't be appropriated. It's got to come from the right perspective, right? Like, like you need someone from the trans community, or uh, so if you had RuPaul be Tootsie, that make, would be okay. That kind of thing. That uh, you know, I mean, we definitely don't want RuPaul in a movie. But ever. what I'm but saying like, is. But you're you're right. Like you're you're comically categorizing a particular situation with a particular person. Yeah, and that's not necessarily where those people want to be. Would Tootsie be a different film if it was portrayed by an actual like um, transsexual, like Divine? Right. Seriously. Wow. I haven't even thought about Divine in this conversation. Not since she uh, ate poodle shit and pink flamingos. Pink flamingos. That was a real movie. Hairspray. Never need to see that again. No, it was pretty Um, terrible. It made me gag and almost threat. But that was my introduction also to um, trans people was fucking Divine. Which is horrible. John Waters brought that to my worldview. I think... There, we, this is a tangential conversation, but I think it was a d- disservice to a certain degree. I know what he wanted to do was empower his people because that was his bubble. But I think you 
probably could have done it. I, I and I'm not even dis. I, I I'm I feel remiss well, in saying that. Yeah. John Waters was a powerful. John person Waters was just, in the gay and trans community. John I'm Waters not trying was to, trying to push buttons. I know he was, 100%. and he pushed. So him. speaking of pushing buttons, we're yeah. talking about we're talking about Tootsie. I think we could both agree that a, a film like Tootsie might be problematic and probably couldn't be made today. But it is also. They could, but it wouldn't be Tootsie. But it's also made in good faith. It was. It was legitimately made in good faith. Do you agree with that? I think so. For as much as it could have been in the late 80s. How about a dog shit movie that treats the same political atmosphere with a much more mean-spirited fucking perspective? Talk to me. Ace Ventura. The, Ooh, yeah. How Ace sure. Ventura deals. And it wasn't the whole movie. They built it up. No, but the last... And the reveal. The third act. <laughs> the, reve- the reveal was really... Um, it was really making fun of. Clunky and mean. Yeah, it was mean. And I, I have a really hard time with that movie, and I have a really hard time with people to defend that movie. I, I, and I'm not that guy. You know I'm not that guy. No, I I, know. I, I defend you're, art. You're not- no, I I, I understand, and I'm not going to lie and say Ace Ventura that um, we laughed multiverse of comedy that Jim Carrey esque you know uh, big liar and whatever the fucking that run of movies he had Dumb and Dumber he had a, something that made people laugh a lot and yeah. so those movies are permanently fixed into the zeitgeist of who we are. Ace Ventura was funny for what it was. The fact that they made that move, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do any apologia for it. It was really crass and and mean and not thinking about what it was doing. But at the time, you could get away with it, and they did. And in retrospect, this is why we're talking about it. We can't make that now. You cannot make that character. That what's her name? Sean. It was Sean Young Sean who Young, played the character. Yeah, who got blackballed from Hollywood, and it was so she took anything she can get. Sure, but um, that was in a time where you could do that. And that's not making it okay by any stretch of the imagination. But nobody complained about it at the time. No. In retrospect, and this is why I'm saying, this doesn't mean you can't get smarter. This is the conversation. Right. We're getting better and better and better and more. we're we're acknowledging. How would you make a smart Ace Ventura today? You could do do that entire movie, right? Literally the entire movie and have the reveal be anything else. Anything else. Anything. I mean, and it the, would be funny. The reveal is so revolting. It could be, and oh. I don't mean the reveal. I mean the the reaction. Yeah, they were so disgusted by everybody it. in the room starts throwing up, and they're yeah. It was just it was it was hemorrhoid jokes. It wasn't and okay. It's, it's not okay, man. Like I I defend art for being of its time. I get that. Sure, but dude, when I watch movies like some like it hot or Life of Brian that were made generations before Ace Ventura that treated the concept of trans politics with way more nuance and delicacy. We talked about it. And intelligence and fucking... We talked about it. Yeah. Fucking crying game. 
Crying Game, which came out. Dude, I don't know if most people even remember that. What, unless there are four. Yeah, 90, was in that. I mean, ballpark. Yeah, this was fucking so to speak. Thir- Get it? Yeah, I know. This I was know. thirty years ago, it. right? I did it. This was thirty years ago, and it was actually a love story, and it was sweet, and it was beautiful, and it was it shocking. Is a beautiful movie. It's a beautiful movie, and this is thirty years ago. This is before trans rights or transphobia. This is when we still, you know, dead name people and call people. Um, I'm not going to say it, but not trans. We call them other things. Yeah, we call them, and other it was things. completely okay. Yeah. I, I'm not saying it wasn't. Everybody mm-hmm. uses terminology, but it's okay to get better and learn. But we, but crying, like you can do it the right way. Crying game, uh, Neil Jordan. That's the exception, not the rule. Um, Stephen Ray. Um, I can't remember the Jay name. Jay Jay yeah the, he, um, it was Jay also in Stargate Stargate the yeah. first Stargate movie it's that it handled that issue as so, well as it could be handled so definitely at that time and actually in a confusing way where you're like I don't know <laughs> I mean, like and I, there's and there's something to be it. said for humanizing this is about it. people loving each other that's all it is. It had nothing to do with fucking trans rights. No. It had to do with people falling in love. Oh, no. There was nothing political about that movie. At all. Yeah, was, I mean, there was, was a murder. A, there was a murder mystery involved in the movie. The transsexual but, aspect of that film is done for for narrative purposes, not political purposes, and it is, and it wasn't shock value. No. It wasn't, well, it was, I mean, there's a shock no, value I, moment I, I, when when the camera I pans understand, down. But yeah. what I'm saying, but that's is, a reveal. That's a a proper reveal. I think they did it justice. They for totally the most part. did it. Um, we're gonna move on to Thanks. more of the. Most You're gonna have Im- to reel me in on. This I know. Subject. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The most important. Uh, we have two more left that we haven't touched on that I mentioned in the beginning. This is race, and this is ableist. Okay. Okay. And we're gonna hit the all the all the big ones. And I even said as early as Gran Torino. I don't know. Now, that movie can be made. That's a challenge. But would it be made? I don't think it would be made. Well, it's a redemption story. So but it is very it redemptive. Right? It's hard. It's a hard movie to watch. It's hard. So was Django. His performance is hard. His... <laughs> I hate to say it, but Clint Eastwood really somehow pulls that character off really Boy, he well. sells racist. He fucking settled right Makes into you wonder. That. Settled Mitch right wonder. into it. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying Clint Eastwood is a racist. We're joking. I'm not. We're joking. I'm, I, yeah. Well, I'm just being contemplative. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what Clint Eastwood's fucking proclivities are. You know, sometimes Christopher Walken just as Christopher Walken. Yeah. Some Sometimes Eastwood just as Eastwood. Just as Eastwood. Yeah. And, and he's famously more Charlton Heston yep. than he is Ricky Gervais. Yeah, well, yeah. when he's talking to an empty chair, and he wow. settled, he settled right into that character. Boy, didn't he! And um, now that being said, he wrote, directed, and did the whole thing. But it was redemptive. It was very redemptive, yeah. and it had a very satisfying conclusion. So, so I would argue that yeah, that movie could probably be made. That's again. a question I have for you: Is it okay to toe that line of being socially unacceptable if? 
it has a redemptive quality at the end. What sure. if that story doesn't have redemption and merely has a story? Is that well, okay? I, I mean, I think both would be okay. Um, Who's going to decide whether that's okay or not? I mean, you're talking about two completely different type of narrative ends. Like, one is where the racist guy gets killed or whatever. Or one where he dies sacrificing himself. For the person to, that he... Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. So, I mean, there's only a couple... Or, I guess you could make a movie where... <laughs> Everybody else gets killed, and he just lives his shitty life. May I, <laughs> may I quote Rex? Yeah. Please. As the uh, racist man is dying for the young black man who he yeah. has hated for mm-hmm. the entirety of movie, movie. Um, good. Fuck him. Don't mean nothing. Um, oh, which is basically, okay, and I'm okay with that. You spend your whole life doing wrong, and you have one moment Dude, of good. I'm a hundred percent okay with that. Fuck you. I don't uh, believe in like so, I don't really believe in deathbed confessions and like No, it's a cheap way out. You know what I mean? Like Do it while you're alive. Do it while you're do alive. Do it while you're alive. You know what you could do? Live a good life. And and even if Be you nice. haven't in the beginning, change that, do it. But on your deathbed, don't say, Oh, I really believe this. I mean yeah. it's almost like in a it's macro gross. sense what we're talking about with these movies is like the movies we like are the movies that are being um, observative and they are uh, looking at people's culture. Sure. Or we hate the movies that are just fucking being mean to people. We don't like mean people. No. That's, we don't like nobody mean likes things. mean people. I don't like. There mean has to shit. be some sort of arc. Yeah. Of go- ultimately, this brings it back to the point. We're ultimately good. Yeah. In my in my. Best guesstimation. All, all my life, all my years on Earth, I've been in bad areas and been with bad people. I think ultimately, there's a weird sense of loyalty and a weird sense of um, community, community, even community. within the prospect of criminals and racists and stuff. That is there from a, a, a very substrate. Before you get to human, there's a substrate level of I need other people that I agree with and that I love to get to my next thing. You ne- you, you brought up ableist. We were going to talk about that. Yeah, there, I mean, I was. Let me finish that. Oh, please, jaunt please, please. Yeah, on yeah. the fact that you can't account for sociopaths, <laughs> psychopaths, narcissists. You can't account for people with bad brain function. So I'm talking about people that can actually dissect and be um, understanding of their issues and resolve them. Okay. Um, last one. My favorite one. Ableist. Ableist. Ooh, there's such a wealth of ableist cinema yeah. that has transpired and we're going to bring up some good ones. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to talk about some gnarly ones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk about Probably my best in memory that I can think of. Two. I just thought of another one. Okay. There's two depictions of people that were either um, mentally disabled or had some sort of like 
malady which made them disabled like cp which isn't a mental disability it's a physical that presents mental there's psychopathy there is um obviously there's you know (laughs) autism and there's a lot of things that we can classify but it's about the depiction of those people and what we are comfortable watching and what's okay to watch if bobby's going to talk about the farcical i'm going to talk about the things that I think are grand representations of what that is. I'll start with my favorite actor who is non, you know, what do I say? He's non-disabled. <laughs> sure. Playing that somebody portrays, Yeah. Yeah. That's Leonardo DiCaprio and what's eating Gilbert Grape. Do you think outside of Rain Man, this is the most... Um, socially accepted I think Rain Man even for people that suffer from autism um, and suffer from OCD was a huge pendulum swing Yeah, like this is not the norm I feel like these are the two films that kind of were embraced as being okay as like fuck okay right like Um, you guys are actually portraying uh, it feels it feels genuine for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. I've never I've never had any man buddy in my family that was severely disabled mentally. Yeah. I haven't. Um I can only portend to know. I don't know, so forgive me. Sure. But DiCaprio's version seemed human, it seemed kind, it seemed um sweet not overboard or overplayed. Um, it, it, as from an acting standpoint, um, that was a fantastic, um, I thought, acting moment for him. And I thought, I thought it humanized it. It made it less um, different. It made it lovely. And you wanted to take that character and hug him and be his friend. Um, that's very hard to do for people, especially Gilbert Grape was made in the early 2000s, I think. Um, That was... That was um, different. That was a different movie doing a different thing, in my opinion. I think that film made you feel... And actually, I'll I'll expand it from just Giovanni's character. I think that movie made you feel empathy. I think it made you feel empathy for his brother. Yeah. Portrayed by Johnny Depp. Yeah. It made you feel empathy for the mother. The mother. It made you feel empathy for the girl. It did. Being dragged into really this did. fucking situation. Yeah, you know what it I really mean? Did. Which it was is ten- not easy. It was tender. It was. That's a really fucking good word, dude. It was tender. Tender is a really good word. It's a beautiful that, film. That movie had so much heart to it. It really did. And when the emotions that you feel going through everything that you go through in that movie Jesus are so genuine and on it was an honest portrayal like people don't give yes. Leonardo the respect he does because he's banging 18 year olds all the time and whatever and he's a very unlikable human but uh, you forget that guy can fucking slang dick acting and this he was what 19 Man, he, he fucking killed it. I'll say this about Leonardo DiCaprio, and we're not going to make this a Leonardo DiCaprio podcast. He Nor should a, we. He had a trilogy of movies um, before he had his like Scorsese trilogies and yeah. all that kind of thing. Back then, he had Gilbert Grape, 
he had um, uh, diaries, basketball diaries, basketball diaries, and the other one was the Robert De Niro about a boy, about a boy. That with, was when he was um, a child with Ellen Barkin, where he was portrayed a young Tom Wolfe, I think. <clears throat> yeah, man. To- no, that Tobias Wolfe. Tobias Wolfe. Tobias that was Wolf. a rough movie, bro. It's fucking amazing, and he's brilliant. In it's all one of his greatest performances yep. that no one has ever seen. I know. Yeah, um, he wasn't always banging eight-year-old models no. with a gut. No, this guy's a legit actor. But whatever. Let's move on. One more. What do we? Okay, got? we have the bad ones. Talk about oh, the, the bad, bad ones. The bad Talk about the bad ableist movies, if you will. There are two that are so on top of the pyramid. I think we're. I think we're on the same page. Okay, please. Um, there is a film. <laughs> From 1999. I don't know why I'm laughing because oh, no, because it's so no bad. because it's hysterically stupid and funny. How yeah, awful this is. This was a decision by somebody. It's called The Other Sister. Oh God, with <laughs> two really amazing actors. Yeah, they're both Juliette really Lewis good. and Giovanni Ribisi, who I think are both fine actors. They're really fine actors, actually. It is the most painful depiction. <laughs> I'm, I don't know. I know. I know. I know. I want to let you laugh. It's laughing because it's, it was such no, a bad idea. At, it's such a bad idea. Oh, God. And it's such a bad script. And Ugh. it's such a bad perf- just performances overall. We don't need to beat it. Um, anyone that has ever lived around or had in their life someone that is um, uh, cognitively disabled. Nice um, way. Sorry, I couldn't find that word. Yeah. Um, I mean... You've been around people with Down syndrome and like Yeah. That's I, different. I've never met a That's car- different. I've never met the cartoon characters that these fucking idiots wow. played in this movie. Bad. That was actually the downfall of his career. Um yeah. He was Rubisi, an up and comer. Rubisi went on high. He was an up and comer dude. It took him that. ten years to recover from this role. Didn't he had didn't I think he had just done like boiler room and was dude, like starting he to come was on. on his way. By the way, everybody in LA call used to say I was his second. Yeah. And it really fucked my career too. So thanks, Giovanni. Thanks, Giovanni. Piece yeah. of shit. Um the other one was uh Sean Penn. Um, oh boy. I am Sam. Are we gonna do this? I am Sam. So I am Sam is actually the film and we gotta talk about one more movie. Um because And then that's it. Uh, Gotta cut this off, dude. <laughs> from what I've read from uh, Ben Stiller, who's actually weirdly doing a lot of um, publicity about Tropic Thunder. Um, because of his depiction? Yeah. Kind of doing a, like a weird 20 years later fucking apology, apology tour? tour. You know what I mean? <sighs> um, they were like, no, we were actually just trying to satirize movies like I Am Sam. I am Sam. They were making fun just... of the movies that were dumb. Yeah. Obviously, Forrest Gump was in that category. Obviously. Obviously. All of you that love Forrest Gump, that is an embarrassing depiction of fucking people with mental disabilities. That is an embarrassing depiction. For a lot of reasons. Not a fucking good movie. Not to mention Jenny raped a... Okay. Moving on. No, I know. Moving on. I know. She's disgusting. Okay. No. No, but I, I no, I am Sam. Um, yeah, bad. Uh, as far as bad. ableist, bad. And by the bad, way, bad. Sean Penn could be argued as 
one of the I don't know five greatest actors of, of our the last generation. thirty years. You know what I mean? Easily. Which is so sad. Easily, because he fell for the trap. Yeah, they sold him. This is your Oscar moment, Sean and Penn. It was not. And meanwhile, Sean Penn has been a brilliant actor since Fast Times. Yeah, seriously, Bad Boys. Bad Boys. The original. He's an Bad amazing Boys. fucking actor. Guy's a fucking tour de force. He, 100%. You watch him, he steals every scene. 100%. Why did you do this movie? I don't get it at all. <laughs> Come on, my dude. Someone talked him into making that. Anyway. Embarrassment. It's embarrassing. Anyway, <sighs> the point I need, is. I need a cigarette. We are. It is 2023, and we should learn from the lessons of the past. What you did yesterday, you can't do today. And instead of crying about it, you know who I'm talking to. Bobert, Maga, Green. Instead of crying about the good old days, how about we learn and move on and get better? That's it. Can I say something for 30 seconds? Fucking I'm going to expand on that. It's your podcast. I'm going to expand on that real quick. Not just the Magas and the Boberts and the. All you fucking modern comedians that are fucking pissing and moaning because you're not allowed to tell jokes. This is your moment to just get better at what you're fucking doing. Everybody complaining about not being able to tell jokes are the worst comedians. You're bad. You're You're just bad at what you do. You're bad at your job. That's cool. That's like saying, that's like saying, dude, I'm a gigolo as a trade. But I just can't go up and rape yeah, them. Yeah, they're just running me out of business. God damn it. It's their problem. <laughs> Guys, we'll be back. We're going to give you some fun stuff. I hope you enjoyed that because that was super fun to do. I loved it. Go suck a dart and suck a tart and acknowledge time. your heart. First time we've ever said that. That's fun. And don't be... of a panic attack there for a moment. <laughs> Do you need a way out, sir? Whoa. I almost um, delicately pooped my pants. Ew. I almost pooped my pampers <laughs> because my computer restarted while we were at break. <laughs> and I had not saved fucking anything Did that you we had done. Almost insta-mud butt. Almost mud-butted myself yeah. pretty hard. But... Yeah. Hey, Here we are. Technology. Do you want to do a call to arms? Served us well. You I, sassy bitch. I know how to do this. All right. Fuck. It's a call to action. Whatever. Call to arms. Call to action. 970-426-5344 is but, the number. But. <laughs> 970-426-5344. That is our number. You can leave us voicemails and text messages and all that kind of Say stuff. Say outlandish shit. Just be goofy. Just be dumb. Tell us what you fucking hate about 80s cinema. We would love to hear from There's you. There's so much. There's so much. So much <laughs> gotcha. Um, also, we're at uh, gmail.com. We're on all the socials at the Whiskey Reel. 
you can reach out to us in a myriad of ways. Most of you could just text us personally. I mean, that's kind of the thing. Is like <laughs> you can just be like, yo, or see us on second walking towards a business, and yeah. then they're like, hey, dude, I know, do this. I know. I know. Every Thursday, I'm going to see our good friend Dana, the fairy. Every Thursday, the fairy shows up mm-hmm. with all of his liquors. He better have Fernet, bitch. Uh, he certainly did not this Thursday. <laughs> um, I was actually sitting at the deli, and Colin was giving me shit about something like he always does. And I was like, take your fucking ass to the liquor store get me a bottle of Fernet. And, and he's like, God damn it. And he did. Hell so, yeah. Good on you, bud. Some Brunson power. That is well, some solid managerial stuff. <laughs> Chiefs just won the Super Bowl, so I don't want to hear any sad sap I, bullshit. Dude, I know. Go we're do done. whatever I ask. We're done. Okay. Um okay, you were going to talk for a moment about a movie. One movie watched. and one song and the movie's going to take less time than the song. So Bring it. There's a movie that's been nominated that not a lot of people have heard of called Triangle of Sadness and it's a crazy sounding title until you understand what that means. So, this movie's done in three parts. The only person you will have ever seen before is Woody Harrelson. And he probably gets about 20 minutes of screen time. But in that 20 minutes, brilliance. Seriously, he's so good in this. That being said, this is initially in the first act an awkward relationship now granted these are two supermodels dating each other and they're asking who's gonna pick up the check and it's really fucking hilarious and awkward all at the same time second act those same models are on a small reserved yacht cruise which is like 30 people it's not like a they rented the yacht they're sharing it with like 20 other people 20 other very very wealthy people and they're just floating around the ocean there is so much bad shit that happens in this second act I don't even want to tell you about but when I say you might turn away from the screen when I say it is uncomfortable I can't overemphasize that however it's done completely within the scope of what they're trying to portray. This movie is about wealthy people and the relationship to people without money. This is um, wealthy people and what can you offer in a time of tragedy. And essentially the third act is a bunch of people on an island. The people without the power take power because they can do things like hunt, make fire, and the beautiful people seem to not mean as much. It's awesome. So it's this classist battle. It's a battle of um, gender by virtue of uh, female male, traditional cis battle. Who has the power and who does this? It's a battle of knowledge and the unknowledgeable, which you see who has the actual fucking spine to survive and honestly I know I was uh, nominated for best picture 
This picture blew my fucking hair back. It is so good. It is so smart. It is so well filmed. Everything is follow shots. And there's a level of uncomfortability the entire fucking movie. It's amazing. I won't burst any bubbles or tell anything else. Oh, no, no. The only thing I will say about it is, like, I have not seen it as of yet. Bobby, it's so good. Um, It did win the Palme d'Or at Cannes. Which is the highest at Cannes. And not only that, it got that kind of every, like, four or five years you get that movie where they're like, oh, it got the standing O. It got the... Everybody it's that good. fucking stood up and was like, it's yeah, that good. This is the movie. So now it's kind of being lauded. And I think even in like Vegas, which actually does odds on Oscar nominations, they do odds kind of on whether we'll complete this podcast. Everything, <laughs> everything. And it's minus 300. <laughs> fucking, uh... <laughs> I like minus 300, though. Um, no, but like, they're saying this actually, um, Triangle of Sadness could actually be the film that would unseat um, everything always, um, all at all once. the time, all the all, ones. The, all the yeah. ones, every time. Which is my pick, as you guys will. Of course, know. we been love this film. Mentioning that film for um, two months, but they this is all of a sudden has become the very popular kind of sexy. <clears throat> it's that good. It's the sexy pick. It's Bobby, the it's that good. yeah. So I'm not bullshitting you. For as much as I love that would shock the world, right? As much as I love Michelle Yao and everything, oh. and that movie, and how important it was, and mind blowing. This didn't blow my hair back and like it wasn't as life altering as everything, but it was a goddamn close second. It was such a indictment on everything, not just the wealthy, but gender roles, right? Traditional roles. Um, it was it was honestly one of the smartest films I've seen in a very long time. Um, we'll talk about your song here in a couple of minutes. Yeah. Let's stick to visual media real quick. Okay. Um, yeah, say the... I know what you're going. Oh, oh, although, actually, I will say this. Uh, real, real quick, just in podcast news, if you do love Everything Always, watch uh, or listen to Mark Maron's interview with Michelle Yao that he did last week. On WTF. On WTF with Mark Maron. Um, I, we're not prone to promoting other podcasts. It's fucking incredible, and you guys will be absolutely out of your mind stunned at how genuinely brilliant Michelle is. She is. Yeah, She's man. fucking incredible. You don't even know. Her story is <coughs> phenomenal. It's a story about know. immigrant culture that you've never actually heard before. Interesting. Um, like, she has a weird, different story than what you're expecting from her. Right. And um, she's a goddamn gem. She's also funny as shit. So over-the-top smart that it's like, goddamn, like... Uh, I hate her. She's, she's too talented. phenomenal fucking human being. God damn it. Blows me away. Um, another <laughs> phenomenal human being that I'm falling in love with every week is Natasha Leone. Yes, bitch. And her show, which is on... It's on a weird one. It's it is it Hulu? I think it might be on Hulu or I don't I think know, it's whatever. Hulu. It's on one. Anyway, it's Poker Face. It's called Poker Face. Guys, if you have not watched the show yet, um 
it is a throwback to old school um, American and British uh, detective tropes. Rex nailed it. We watch a lot of like Father Brown and Rosemary and Time and Poirot and a bunch of these old English one hour episodic murder mysteries. And I always commented when I watched them, I'm like, why is every why is it so jovial? It's yeah. the like happiest bunch of people solving a murder. About murder. Yeah. And Poker Face took that trope. Yeah. Of English murder mystery that's not serious. It's not like CSI. It's kind of giggles and winks yeah. through the whole yeah. thing. But it revolves around murder, and they took that into a, an Americanized base. Well, and they give and they give the show a very simple conceit where she is just this been gifted this innate ability that you can't lie to her. She knows when you're lying. When someone says something to her that is she uh, is purposefully dishonest. Right. She knows. She can call bullshit in that moment. And she does. And she does. Or (laughs) when the time permits and it doesn't suit her purposes, she doesn't bring it up. No, I know. But she will then go... it's so she's like a, a lie detector detective that's also running from the mob. And they give her these amazing Columbo moments where it's at the end of every episode. She's like, but here's one fucking thing. <laughs> and, she just has this fucking great accent. And the cameos in every single oh. episode are filled with gems. Like the she casting got is amazing. everybody. Adrian Brody and Benjamin Bratt were in the first couple episodes. Um, she got Ellen Barkin. Ellen Barkin. And she Tim got Meadows. Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte's she in the new got, one. Oh. Like, she is, like, this is slowly becoming a thing. And, and more importantly, well, maybe not more importantly, but it's Ryan Johnson who did... Uh, yes. Knives uh, Out. Knives Out. Glass Onion. And, and Glass yeah. Onion. There's, and it feels like his property. It does. Yeah. It's it great. Is. So much fun. That's the word. It's... It's just fucking fun. Fun. It's stupid fun. Every episode is fun. It's hilarious. The two old ladies in the fucking um, uh, nursing home. Stop it. Jesus Christ, dude. That episode is a blast. It's just a fun show that deals with people dying. Poker face. Check it out, (laughs) y'all. You got a song real quick before we clutch. Last but not least, but not last, last. Um, I wanted to bring something to everybody's attention. I've been following this. Ooh, don't, sorry, I started. Don't, I started don't, too don't, early. Don't, don't. Oh my don't. god! Actually, I this is the premise of this song. Usually, we bring songs that we like and we want you to hear. <laughs> I'm bringing a song that is made by a band called Falling in Reverse. Okay, some of you know them, some of you don't. There's a lead singer, Ronnie Radke, which is considered top five unlikable rock singers of the last 10 years. The guy's a douche. He's so unlikable. Like, I don't even care whether he can sing or not. He's a really difficult guy to get on his team. Sure. He put this out, and I heard, I listened to it, and I was like, 
I thought my views, and I'm not going to say shit until Bobby hears it okay. and we can talk together. But what I will say is I heard reaction video guys going like, oh, my God. I heard people going like, oh, shit, this is fucking great. Like the majority, 90%. And now, granted, this could be the YouTube algorithm. I don't know. Sure. But what I'm saying is the thing's got like 28 million views. It hasn't been out that long. And I will tell you right now, I have a certain way I feel about it. And I want Bobby. We're going to chunk one little part out, and then Bobby and I will listen to it behind the scenes and then let you in on the break and like why it's like this is everything to everybody. Like <laughs> he's trying to do hardcore and rap and oh, this and that. okay. He's, yeah. Are you ready? No, can I'm never ready thing? for this. Seriously, can I start? This sucks. Hold on. Okay. I want to make sure that you're ready. I'm so ready. <laughs> Just Dang, I think I need some therapy. I battle depression. I'm back with a message. I'm asking the question that if you hate me, why you acting obsessive? I'm past a point and no return. I'm being passive aggressive. I'm brandished a weapon. Teach all you motherfuckers yeah. I actually battle my demons and tell us it's women the deep and the deep and the shallow and lost. Got to admit that I'm living the life that I've always wanted, but it comes to the cause. Bobby Noise. Well, I know you don't know a lot about music. So I wanted to bring this to you as an arbitrary, kind of just neutral. You like, you know, country pop. You like, you know, BT, BTK. I like New Grass. You like New Grass. You're just kind of a chill dude. So I wanted to show this to you to see... What do you think about this? That is the most awful conflagration of fuckery that I've ever heard in my entire life. 